podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scouser Tommies. I'm Jim Boardman and I'm with Jay Reed. It's that most wonderful time of the year, the time when, um, you know, all that stuff, there's all that, all that positive stuff, isn't there, about Christmas, so there's also all that negative stuff and um, it, can, it can wind you up. But all the excitement, I think, is probably the cause of it. And as football fans, the excitement right now is great because we just saw an amazing win. But if you think back to last weekend against the Manx, we saw a dreadful a dreadful game, basically, because one team turned up um, looking for a point, playing the way that many a lower league side has played against us down the years. And, well, they don't seem embarrassed by it, but I would have been if I was them. Um, but their excitement came back last night against West Ham and I think that stands us in good stead for this weekend against Arsenal um, last night though of course can we can we use that as a basis to say that we're back that we're back to the best back to how we have been um, that the Man United game was a blip um, a lot of people saying that before the Man United game we'd kind of got away with wins which I kind of get where you're coming from but doesn't matter as long as you get the win I suppose last night against West Ham absolutely hammered them pardon the pun um, but you just look who's in the dugout and you think, well, yeah, Mr. Moyes, um, it's not his favourite place to come, is it? But I think on the whole, you know, there's plenty to be excited about, but, well, we'll see. What do you reckon, Jay? Oh, um, yes. Where, where, where do you start with all that? Um, Moisey, yeah, and it's... Is he, is he the Grinch at Christmas? Who knows, but, you know, I suppose it... it it's one of these things he doesn't like coming to Alfield, does he? Because he doesn't get any presents out of us. Um, and you know, in the in the season of giving out presents, I suppose we we gifted Manchester United the points, um, much to the delight of the United faithful who you know celebrated like they'd won another trophy. Um, you know, maybe the maybe the fallen into the Everton paradox of being that long since they've won a trophy deal, celebrating the result of Anfield, is he? You know, it is one. Um, I think they celebrate it when there's a dry day now and that loop, that roof doesn't leak as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a shame that they couldn't leak a few goals um, against us, which which would have been nice. But I suppose, you know, football is one of these funny old games, as they say, where, you know, it can flip from one game to another. And, and the feeling Monday morning or Sunday evening after that game, you know, was was one of a bit of, you know, disheartening and we felt like we should have we should have really put them to bed because they were, you know, severely weakened in terms of what United would call their their better eleven. Um, you know, and we didn't really have any sort of answers and you know, we were knocking on the door and you know, the Christmas carol singers at this time of year, but we were getting no answers and no change out of them and 
it, it did sort of feel as though well, an opportunity sort of wasted, you know, once again, City dropping points and, you know, the opportunity to, to put our noses in front going into this weekend's fixture against Arsenal. But last night's, you know, cup game um, was the perfect tonic, you know, racking up the goals, multiple different goal scorers, um, you know, lads given opportunities and, and seasoned it with both hands and, you know, the, the feeling and the vibe now as we record this on the Thursday afternoon just before um, the Arsenal game on Saturday evening is is one of positivity and one of, you know, you're questioning now, you know, we've, we've got so many options and even though we are missing a new result of players, you know, there's players there who last night staked the claim for the start and birth on Saturday and you think, you know, let, let's let's go into this game and there's been a rallying cry from, from Klopp for and more up the ante in terms of atmosphere, which we'll come to later on. But I think now that the stage is set, um, and hopefully, you know, it's not some sort of nativity, it'll be a, a West End showcase to the sort of say in, in what we see on Saturday because, you know, they put all the all the glitz and glamour out for, for Sunday's game against Manchester United. And as much as we tried, as we say, it's sort of felt flat on its face like a, like a broken donkey in a Christmas play. But Hopefully this one we'll see the the shining lights and the northern stars will guide us to the top of the table. There are so many different Christmas re- uh, references in that. Um, <laughs> that's probably broke the record. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Marge, yeah, Grinch. I mean, that's um, that's the spit cruel on the Grinch. To be honest, he's a much much more rounded, happy guy. Um, although to be honest with you now, looking at Marge, he doesn't he doesn't even look bothered anymore. He's kind of resigned himself to just losing at Anfield. It's like. You know, it's <clears throat> probably glad it was only five one. Excuse me, <clears throat> my voice is going. It's um, thought it's not because of a load of carol singing. I can assure you, um, but yeah, it. I think if we, I mean, just looking at Saturday, it's such a frustrating game, and maybe we can come on to what uh, Roy Keane said afterwards about what Virgil had said afterwards. But um, that game was so frustrating because I think we did try. I think we had made the wrong choices time and again. You know, we had shots when we shouldn't have had shots. We had an extra pass when we shouldn't have had an extra pass. You know, and I'm sure every single Liverpool player, if they were sort of sat in front of a video of that whole game again, they would themselves were picking up where they got it wrong and where they should have done a different thing and where they made the wrong choices because time after time they did. Um, it was interesting to see the changes in midweek because that takes a few of those sort of, if you like, first 11 names out and bring some others in to give them a chance. Um, and and to me I think the biggest issue on Saturday was uh, I don't know there's so many different issues but it was just this sort of just this final touch um, the frustration for me was I thought we'd dealt with all these sort of uber defensive teams that come to Anfield looking for a point and maybe hoping to snatch one on the counter because we've had them for years and I think it was something that before clock came along we'd suffered with and suffered with and suffered with I mean I remember Rafa struggling against teams like that. You know, that came here, we we struggled to get past them. Um, Brendan, Brendan Rogers couldn't deal with that kind of thing a lot of the time. You know, this was the Liverpool side that was often scoring more goals than it leaked, but leaking a lot of goals. But again, you know, we we'd play teams like that at Anfield and and we'd suffer. Um, I think Roy Hodgson is kind of that kind of manager, so I'm not sure what his record was like in those games. But I can remember that West Brom game and Klopp um, getting ridiculed at the time. Um, because he went and did the fist bumps to the cop after we drew against West Brom, but I think the whole if you, when you take it all in context and what it was, we'd actually finally found a way to get past this kind of team who just comes with a with a, you know 
no 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 intention of entertaining, no intention of winning, um, unless they get lucky. Um anti football, I think people can sometimes call it. If I was a Man United fan, I'd probably be glad of the point because it's better than losing. But I'd be ashamed personally about how we got it. If I saw a Liverpool team doing that, um I'd hate to see it. I mean maybe for me it kind of goes back years. I mean, talking of Arsenal, um when we played Arsenal in 1989 and we just needed to avoid losing by more than two goals and we came out in a totally un-Liverpool way that night and basically looked to just try and get a draw or just trying to keep the score down. We didn't, to me, go out to try and win and we lost 2-0 and didn't win the title and that stuck with me for years and so I, I, I couldn't deal with that as a Man United fan if I was a Man United fan seeing that on at the weekend. Yeah, just so, so boastful about it but I think in a way that what happened was there was like a reaction um, so we'll talk about the atmosphere because to me the atmosphere from a distance um, was much better last night than it was at the weekend but so were the players and we always say like which one starts do the players get the crowd up or do the crowd get the players up and you know sometimes they're both kind of sitting there waiting for the other to do it but it doesn't matter who does it first or once it's going because it just keeps going and to me the atmosphere was much better last night but um and I mean, maybe we can talk about it. Cup games can be a bit different. You sit sometimes in different places because you may not just get all the same seats as you would. You know, th- th- there is a bit more flexibility sometimes on where people sit, perhaps. But it's j- and, and also a different crowd of people because I know there were a lot of people offering spurs for last night's spur tickets. So maybe if people couldn't go last night, so people who don't get to go every game were getting a chance, and that that can make a difference. Um, but chalk and cheese are two performances, but. I think the I think the thing that stands out to me in terms of the difference between the two sides, and I didn't I didn't actually get to see the Europa League game last week, so I can't comment on this. Someone said he wasn't great in that, but to me, one of the big differences was Curtis Jones. Um, I think anyone I spoke to before the Mank game said we need to bring him in and get him playing because if you think back to what he was like up until the debacle at Spurs, I mean, he was like a revelation to us. And then he's kind of had that suspension, not really got back in the in the starting lineup properly. And we've kind of, I think we've suffered because the other defenders, the midfielders haven't been playing great. Um, he's been overlooked by people who haven't been as good as him. And last night we saw the Curtis Jones that we 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 saw earlier on in the season. This this young player who who to me I think has definitely found his feet. Now I don't know whether you agree. Should should you know was that the difference? I mean that wasn't the difference. You know we can't put it all on one player. But to me, that was that was a big part of the difference between last night and Saturday. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I think... I wanted them. In, I want them in the lineup for, for the United game. I think when that team she dropped at the weekend, you know, it was probably a surprise to most that we'd gone with Endo, Gravenberg, and Zabozlai in midfield. I think, you know, the 
the potential for one of those lad, you know, Ender was or Gavin Burke start and you know was probably expected by most. But I think, you know, on the whole round of basis of the Liverpool fan base, I think the all four cases Jones come back in and it was, you know, for for several reasons in terms of what Curtis Jones brings to us um, as a team, you know, we I think we're, we're overall defensively more sound, I think, you know, in possession, but we're progressive, but we're also a lot more secure in possession. And I think, you know, we him coming into that game against Manchester United, with all due respect to Wendell or Grappenberg, he knows the magnitude of that game, you know, no matter where you're from in the world, Liverpool versus Manchester United is it's probably the pinnacle of English football um, in terms of a fixture. You know, for, for years and years, decades even, you know, it's always been us and Manchester United at the, at the top of the, the game, whether it be, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, whatever. You know, obviously the, the rise of Chelsea and City through other means have meant that they've risen to the to the heights of the English football game. But historically, that's the biggest two teams in the country. And, you know, whatever you're from, where, whether it be Hot Netherlands, um, Japan, you know, Central Africa, whatever, you probably know who those two teams are. But for, for the local lads, you know, there's just that little bit of extra, you know, sauce on the occasion. And it was a surprise that he didn't start. And um, I think he'd come on in the second half. But I, I honestly can't remember. I've sort of bled that game from memory now because there wasn't overly too much to remember from it. But it was on quite late from what I can remember. Like, too late for you yeah. to make a difference. It was already done, kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, we fast forward to last night and cup games present opportunities and driving all um, you know we had the delights of talk sports because you know we were just trying to find out who we got in the draw um, so we thought well you know what let's just go to you know the nominal bog standard sports station because that's the, the probably the best chance of finding out directly who we got in the draw as it turned out you know social media slash twitter was a lot faster than talk sports surprise surprise but <laughs> um, well, there was a there was a plethora of West Ham fans calling up like bemoaning the Mosiah for you know his team selection and rest and players such as James Ward Prowse and um, Lucas Paqueta and Kurt Zuma. You know he had made I think six changes. It was to a starting lineup in the weekend victory against Wolves and lo and behold Liverpool had made six changes and you know you're, you're thinking these West Ham fans are you know so entitled like like many others United to be also. Yeah. You know that they that they should be, you know, the God given rights, and you know the, the, why why aren't the best players playing? And you know it's a cup game; it's opportunities they present themselves. Like no, like, we we made numerous changes. We left players like Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mohamed Salah and Luis Diaz on the bench, and Allison weren't even in the squad. Um, you know, so we made just as many changes as they had, and I think the overriding factor was. You know, our lads were given an opportunity and they seized it. And I think that was arguably maybe the best game we've seen from numerous lads. You know, Costa Simic has been one. And Curtis Jones, obviously, as we mentioned, Harvey Elliott, another. You know, these lads seem to all put what they've got in their lockers together and on a whole performance for one night. And it now presents itself as, as a problem for the manager in a good way. Because, you know, how can you drop Curtis Jones for the Arsenal game of the weekend? Can you drop Harvey Elliott? Can can Costa Simicus be, be dropped at left-back? Who knows? Probably or not. Um, you know, 
Joe Gomez at right back and I thought, you know, we've said many a times that, that the whole Trent experiments, you know, inverted fullback sort of hybrid midfield, whatever you want to call it, sort of role. And I'm not I'm not sold on it because it leaves us exposed. And I thought, you know, last night we went very simple, you know, four at the back, fullbacks getting up and down the line. We allowed Dominic Sabozlai space in midfield to, to do Dominic Sabozlai things and if that's smashing in rockets from 25 yards then sign me up I'm all for it and a balance of you know Endo doing doing pretty pretty good defensive midfield actions in terms of I think it was noticed by someone near me in the car like all he's doing is winning the ball back and passing it I was like well that's all he's doing yeah what else am I supposed to do then that is literally his MO like you win the ball back and you give it to lads who are better at football than you with all due respect mate yeah like those lads are more skillful and more technically agile than you on the ball so if your job is to just win it back and give it you've done your job in speed mate and you know in giving it to Curtis Jones who can do so much with the ball on and off as well you know like the, I think the second goal epitomised you know he's got the physique he's got the ability to drive and you want to see more of that now because you know we we know the talents there, and let, let's just say on a regular basis, you know we went eighteen games unbeaten with them in the team as a regular feature at the back end of last season. Um, you know let, let let's see more of this lad, and let let's hope that that's a catalyst not only for you know this season in terms of we we're now three games in essence away from the trophy. You know one win actually wins you that trophy. You know you you win one of the semi finals, and we've seen before. In a cup final, you can draw nil nil with Chelsea, and you can beat them in a penalty shootout. It's it's been proven a couple of years ago. So, you know, we're fingertips away from from Wembley once again, and you know the opportunity to put a trophy in the cabinet come the end of February, and then as many managers have referenced, it's a springboard for hopefully more success as the season goes on because that that feel good factors there. Then then let's go and seize this opportunity while it presents itself to us because. You know, other trophies are there, but a lot more obstacles have got to be overcome to get to them. And I, I'm I'm really excited and hopeful for an opportunity to put one in there in February. Yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, that 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 competition. I know I, I kind of almost forgot about this fixture to be honest, because my head's so much on the league, and the league could be so much so much lower down in priorities these days. I mean. When I, when I was growing up as a Liverpool fan as a kid, we kept winning it, and it wasn't a low-down low priorities for me then. Um, it's kind of gone that way now, but I think this is the thing. I mean, once you get to this stage, you're at the business end of it, you can see the squads are getting stronger. Um, you know, there's no way if we were playing, you know, in our first round in this competition, whatever that is, do we come in at round three, whatever it is, um, that we'd have been playing all of those players that played last night. I'm sure, we, I can't imagine Van Dijk starting, for example, early on in the competition but what I liked about last night was how he was able to kind of I don't know if it did us harm having a week off the week before the Mank game um, and it sounds mad when all the complaints we've had about the 12-30 kickoffs and games coming too close together did it take some momentum away and this this in a way was good because we got to see um, Kwanzaa played the whole game he played on both sides as, as centre-back I think if I'm not mistaken and he had a different partner for each half kind of thing um, and that meant that you know that did they're likely to be the starting back uh, centre backs at the weekend, not Guanza, and they've both had a bit of a game, but not enough to kind of do them in. Um, Jones, obviously, I think he should start against Arsenal, even though we've played the full game. He's only what twenty two. Um, I'm sure he'll be fit. But the 
having these different players around, we could bring decent players on and taking you know and taking pretty decent players off. And I just felt it was it was a good sign about strong our squad actually is, despite the injuries and and the quality that we can bring in. I mean, there's no way that starting lineup from last night would be your starting lineup in like a Champions League final or something. If you had every player available, that just wouldn't happen. Um, but he gave Queen a chance to play again. You know, um, sure he'll be playing all the way to the final if we get there. Um, gives Ali a rest. But looking at Joe Gomez, I mean, he played both both fullbacks, didn't he? he played both roles. Um, he's an option. Um, I think the thing with Trent though as well is then that gave us an opportunity later on to just have him just have him as a midfielder and I'm I'm totally getting what you're saying because I just feel that it's the kind of thing that can act like a little gimmick so you think lining up with four in the back and then all of a sudden one of them one of the fullbacks goes to the centre of midfield and plays a different way it can unsettle they all know we're going to do it now so they've all got plans they've all got plans they've all drilled it into the team into the team this is how we're going to play and if they switch from having four at the back to moving Trent to the middle this is how we're going to play um, it seemed pretty obvious against the Manx actually that they they did seem to adapt to us changing back to a kind of more you know moving moving Trent away from being this hybrid player to actually having one set role and having a having a full back or whatever separate that that seemed to they seemed to react to that um, and get even more defensive as if they'd actually had two sets of um, the training they'd done all we they had two sets of, of, of plans basically the one one against plan A and plan B both of which is just to defend like mad against us um, but having those plays we only had four I think I got on Saturday I looked at the bench for Saturday uh, Sunday sorry I keep thinking losing forget me days of the week looked at the bench no football was a Saturday for you that's, that's how it's easy, it's easy to slip in yeah it's, you just think of it that way um, Sunday we had four subs who could you know you'd reasonably expect to come on without there being some kind of emergency taking place because um, that's that's where we got to which I know is a luxury compared to what we used to have with subs, but it kind of made me feel, right, well, in a way, the starting line was almost decided, apart from Curtis. And as you say, um, the only reason the only reason I'd go against having Curtis in the starting lineup is if it was, um, I think something Rafa said once about Gerard, but he was too passionate. And what I think Rafa actually meant was he was going to get sense off <laughs> if he carried on the way he was, and that was in a derby match. Um, I think if... You just need to, like you say, Curtis explain. Curtis can tell the others what to do. Curtis can tell the others what to do by the, the look on his face in the game that means so much. Um, they fully get it. I don't think he'd lose his head. But afterwards, um, I need to go back and have a listen to some of the quotes. But the way there were there was some sort of um, interviews with him and with Klopp afterwards about different things, and it sounds like there's a bit of Curtis not not even yet being as confident as he should be, if that makes sense, and that he's still. Um, He's better than he realises he is. And then there were some interesting comments from Cody afterwards who kind of got to present him with the Man of Match award talking about his um, you know, his hard work and he says a lot of people don't see it because it's not it's all on the training ground. And I'm thinking, well, we saw some hard work tonight, but I'm thinking maybe there is a lot more still to come from Curtis. But, I mean, Dominic last night, that's the best I've seen him play in a good few games. And that's probably coming from this difference in formation and difference in this different way of playing. Um I just think, yeah, stick, stick to the four defenders, stick to the three in the midfield if that's how we're doing it. Wherever, wherever we choose. And if we're gonna, if we're gonna have Trent moving into more of a free role, for want of a better word, I mean, Steve McManaman used to have a free role years ago, but we never sort of left ourselves short at the back. We just moved, it just changed how our front, front men and midfield men were playing. Um, if we're gonna give Trent these roles, I think, I think it's better to just. Um, 
just just have a code word and every so often use it when we think the time's right you know not not sort of plans have it as an integral part of the game and and maybe maybe only use it when we're reacting to a situation so if we can see at this moment in time in this game the way this is going let's get Trent playing in the middle for a bit do it but just it feels to me like it's one of those things where it's been decided up before the match right so Trent you're going to do this and you know maybe you give it the first five or ten minutes then you're going to move in the middle no just just don't do it that way react to it when you when there's something there to do it for yeah I think see well first of all on the case thing I think what Klopp's comments referred to it was a situation in the first half I noticed yourself from the, the uh, from the stands where he was going a bit mental on the sideline like, well, Klopp's going mad at someone there and you know, you could probably you can kind of figure out some players' body language who it was, and it was Curtis. And I think what it more was in reference to was we had an opportunity for the quick throwing, and there was a there was a gap between the two centre halves of West Ham, and had you know Curtis had made the movements forward, and the throwing you know gone into the path um, of Curtis Jones. You know, there was a huge space for them to to drive through, and you know. I think then, you know, it, it kind of come full circle in the second half and the second goal, which you referenced earlier on. He, you know, he, he sees an opportunity of space and, and he drove through it and, and you know, the, the end product was a goal. And I think that was something that, you know, um, Klopp was referring to in terms of being able to, to, to seize that opportunity to, to drive through the middle of the park and, and, and take the, um, the initiative to score. So I think, you know, there is a lot more to come from Curtis and you know sometimes there's been little knocks and bumps along the road where you know injuries have sort of curtailed his, his progress but you know the, the talent's there there's no denying and um, we, we just want to see it on a more regular basis and, and occasions like last night to us there's sort of you know wet the appetite of one wanting to see that on a, on a more regular basis and there's the same with Dom Sabozlai and the whole Trent's thing I think you know Trent coming into the middle of the, of the field and, and Salah likes to drift inside that that space where there was like his position you know it, it's it's sort of limiting the areas he can play with it um, but you know by dropping Trent to a mate say be a more conventional right back role like Gomez played and up and down the line and we had Elliot drifting in but we also had Elliot staying wide at times and you know he's a different kind completely different type of player to Mo Salah but at the same time was was very conductive last night in his way and um, it just allowed that space and I think you know credit also where it's due to Cody Gakpo in, in in the regards that he's a different number nine to, to Darwin Nunes and he occupies centre halves in a different way um, you know he, he can drag them out of position did he did he want to follow deep or did he you know leave him into space and I think you know no, no slant on on the other fellow in Darwin Nunes, but I think last night he he had a really you know good game in terms of his his work rate, his production. You know, there was chances coming, and and maybe we we might have hit on something there. Would you know play Darwin from the from the left? Because, yes, but you know he he looked threatening, and with all due respect to Lewis Diaz, he's not at the moment. Um, Gakpo didn't have the best game in terms of an all-round performance but he got a goal which there was confidence the way other good and you know just just keeping football simple at times can actually just lead to to really positive results you know we, we had a lot of success you know in the year and clock time of, 
of playing a 4-3-3 and maybe yes the midfield was slightly more functional than what it is now but you know it was a it was a simple setup you know people knew what the jobs and roles were and people had areas of the pitch that they, they excelled in and, and maybe you know just get back to that and and keep it simple and you know Trent was the best right back in the world for a reason and he's not playing right back anymore and you could argue is he the best midfielder in the world right now no because he's not but he's not no longer probably the rest right back in the world because he doesn't play right back anymore so so let's get back to what made us successful I think we can we can really achieve something if we actually just go back to to basics in essence and, and just do the things that led us to glory in the past yeah and I think the thing about having the the 4-3-3 and players know what their role is and where their place is on the pitch and all the rest of it is um, for me one thing we've always been good at is that we, we've allowed Within that, within that kind of structure, like it, you, you look at where players go on the pitch, they're all over the place. And the thing is, they know, you know, you know that Matip's going to go on one of his mad runs or whatever. But it, maybe Fabinho at the time would have been thinking, right, I'm going to sort of mind the shop a little bit here then because he he's gone on a run. And having that awareness of what each other can do and will do, like the players have got the freedom to do it, um, to move around like that. And part of the reason they've got the freedom is because they know. That there's other people willing to sort of step in and just keep an eye on their bit of the bit of the pitch, you know, sort of keep an eye on what's going on and and talk to each other and communicate and and just playing in a certain way, which um, which works. And I think maybe that's why it doesn't work so well with Trent doing this because when you talk about players going into a part of the pitch they're not normally going into, then there's other players moving out the way to let them do that and not just to sort of cover what what gaps they've left in the defensive point of view, but you know, take up some space that maybe wouldn't have been there. In an offensive point of view, and it always just feels that with with Trent, it's almost like like no, they're all in each other's way almost. I mean, time and again, I've seen it where you know, no, no, no disrespect to one of There's times when Trent's sitting there in the middle and not getting the ball. Um, you know, it's just not. You know, and there's, there's times when he is, but other players are just being basically, if you like, cancelled out because he's there in that position, and it feels like I don't know at times like they're under each other's feet. So I'm hoping that it's just something we don't see as much and. Whether whether we night we sort of say let's start playing Joe Gomez at right back and let Trent be a, a central midfielder is another matter. I think I don't know. It, it's a mouthwatering idea. Everyone thinks about having Trent in the middle, and I think it's not something we should say never again. Have him in the cent- as a centre midfielder. We should keep trying it, but it's just that thing. It's one or the other. We're, and you know, it's what you're saying as well. Is we're washing him down. You know, we're turning a player who might have been eight or nine, nine out of ten as a right back into a seven or eight, and then it's going to be a six or a seven and you know, if he's not playing enough in midfield, he's doing this half and half. He's not getting to him, you know, improve his ratings as a midfielder either. So we just need to, in my view, just stick to one, one or the other. And um, hoping we're not talking about it soon. Talking to midfielders, um, I just thought I'd pick up quickly on Roy Keane because um, Van Dyke was frustrated after that man game. One team came to win, the other didn't. Basically, was was what Van Dyke was saying. Um, and Roy Keane wasn't happy. And I, I just say to me. This this would be ringing alarm bells as a Man United fan because he's saying, um, you know, we had Van Dyke speaking there. Obviously, a lot of arrogance coming out of him dissing United like that, saying only one team wanted to win. Man United are buzzing with one point. Now, at that point, now I would be absolutely livid as a Man United fan. Yeah, I'd be glad, glad of the point. Relieved is more the word. I wouldn't be buzzing. And I, you know, if you had a time machine and you took took brought Roy Keane into the future from you know 10 years ago Roy Keane to look at that comment that he made he'd be mortified um, you know that's not that's not 
I can remember. I can though, to be fair, remember Liverpool going to the games at their place and and clinging on. But we were a team. We were a team that was on the slide. You know, we 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 weren't a team that had just recently been been. You know, even by Man United standards, it's not that long since they've won things. Um, the amount of money they're spending, they're definitely not the lowest spenders in the league, etc. It, it just strikes me as mad. Apparently, Virgil's responded saying, um, "He said I like Roy Keane. I bet he does." If he said that, then it's fine. He's Man United through and throughout, and I understand he could react like that. But I felt what I said. There's no absolutely no arrogance in that. Everyone who watched the game probably felt the same. We move on. We had the opportunity, we couldn't score, and that's the frustrating part. And um, I think really the the main thing. This is Roy King can say what he wants. Jamie Carragher can. Gary Neville, all of them can. Um, the players can say what they want after a game that they've just played in. The best answer. <laughs> The best answer to all of this is just get out on the pitch and make a difference. And I think last night Liverpool did that. So, um, Roy Keane, I, I think I mean, you've lost it. Roy <laughs> Keane, arrogance, you know. My God. It, it, it's a bit rich, isn't it? But I think, you know, it it, it kind of says more about Manchester United than does about Liverpool and Virgil van Dijk, doesn't it, really? Let's, let's, let's nail this one. Like, United were the most arrogant of teams for decades you know yeah Roy Keane look at, look at the, the teams he played in you know the, the, he was arrogant he was an outsider um, and they they went often to games you know expected to win and if they didn't get things going their way you know to just just have a look at some of the videos of um, I think we've referenced it before when, when Middlesbrough awarded the penalty and Old Trafford and how dare a referee award a penalty against Manchester United in yeah. their own backyard? And you know that that that's over arrogance. You know that that's that's borderline over intimidation as well. But yeah, you know it, it it was disappointing. And you know I think that another thing just to pick up on from from last week as well from from the European game, which was not overly a lot to write all about, was you know people were saying Jarrell Kwanzaa was arrogance in some of the things that he said because. You know, to, to quote the lad in, in in rough terms, you know, he's sorry that Joel Matip got injured, but his intention this season was always to take Joel Matip's place. And people were calling Gerald Kwanzaa arrogant for saying such things and disrespectful. But you know, he's a young lad, and he's been given an opportunity at Liverpool to to try and make a career for himself. And you know, he had the unfortunate pleasure of, of playing under Joey Bart, and we won't speak about him and what type of human being him and his family are um, at Bristol Rovers last season and you know he came to Liverpool and obviously being told by Klopp and the coaching team you know you're going to be around the first team and you're going to get opportunities it's up to you now son if you want to take them and the only way you take them is by excelling in your performance and you know borderline arrogance or borderline very confident in the fact that he's got ability yeah, and he can play and you know, we you mentioned him earlier, and he played both sides of the the defensive partnership last night, and he looked completely at home. You know, some people may label their their goal as you know a mistake, but I thought he done okay. And he, he if anything, you know, Jared Bowen is left footed. He he put Jared Bowen on his right foot, and he he, he struck a goal into the top yeah. corner. You know, and you know sometimes you just got to take your hat off and say that's a really good goal and the defender couldn't do much more he forced him to his weaker foot he tried to drive him inside and you know everything else he done in the game if, if you didn't know otherwise you would have said he was a fully accomplished you know 
mid-twenties centre-half who'd been playing the game for years because he, he just looks so at home and so at ease. And yeah. if his goal this season is to take Joel Matip's place as, you know, is Joel Matip the third centre-half in our team? Arguably so, because Gomez yeah. is covering full-back. Then, then why not have that, that sort of approach to the game? Because that's what you want, an elite mentality of wanting to achieve and take the lad's shirt off his back who's playing in the first 11 it's not arrogance it's if the drive and desire to, to succeed and if you don't have the drive and desire to succeed and you're just happy just bumbling along then you know Liverpool isn't the place for you maybe Manchester United is just ask you know Anthony Martial or you know <laughs> the other fellow at new plays on the other wing you know they're, they're quite happy to pick up a paycheck and put in substandard performances and you know that, that'll fly in, in some clubs and some places but it won't fly at Liverpool and then if you want to succeed you know you, you've got to take the opportunity and you know reference again to the likes of Elias and, and Jones last night you know opportunities present themselves go and take it Hello I'm here to annoy you I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff we've got EPL Index as well which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's the thing. That's the thing I've always said. For, and we've been saying this for a while when we're talking about the transfer windows and who we bring in. And it can be quite easy for people to go, why do we need to buy another player for that position? We've got X. Why do we need to buy a player for that position? We've got Y. Well, the reason is that players get injured, they go off, they go, they have uh, dips in form, um, and there's nothing better to get a player to, to sort of produce his best form maybe than than knowing there's a lad warming up on the bench who might just take his place on the pitch and might take his place in the starting lineup next time. You know, they, we do rotate, but players all want to be the one that's first on the team sheet when it's the big games, the major games, the finals, and the and the the, the title deciders or whatever other big games are coming up. Um, competition's healthy. If if Quanta had turned around and said, "My ambition is to have Virgil Van Dijk's place by Christmas," that 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 would have been arrogance. I'd give you that because that's a bit bit far fetched, a bit high, um, you know. But but also, it's ambitious, and that's the thing. It's, it's it's a realistic ambition. A realistic target is basically to give Klopp a problem over who does he pick, you know, to start games. Who does he pick as his as his sort of first choice defender on the bench? If that's the right doesn't make sense but you know what I mean you know he's, he's, he's most important defender on the bench whatever um, as you say the third centre back the, you know that, that's a good ambition Give make Klopp have that sort of um, dilemma over whether he's got to say to Joel like you know pretty sure Joel's contract's up at the end of this season you know could it have been a conversation that's been given that's been had with Kwanzaa behind the scenes is look um, you know we're not sure what's happening to Joel yet maybe we'll keep him maybe we'll not but you'll be doing yourself no harm if you can kind of get into a position where instead of offering him a contract, we're offering you a better one. If you're if you're a player, a young lad, you're going to take that. I just love how, how accomplished he looks, how 
like you say, he doesn't look like a young lad. He's no rabbit in the headlights with him whatsoever. Um, every player makes mistakes. That's front to back. Van Dyke makes them. Um, it, it's football. Um, it's, it's what happens. And he's just having... It's how they react to those mistakes. Like, he, you, you didn't see him go to pieces afterwards. And I've seen so many Liverpool players down the years who... If it's okay, then they have one bit of a bad moment in one bit of a game and then they just go to pieces and they're never the same player again. It doesn't strike me as that kind of, I'm not jinxing him. Um, but these these are the players we need. We, we're not, clearly not going to spend loads of money on players and if we can have players like Elliot knocking on the door, players like Quanta knocking on the door, then it's going to save us money in the long run. You know, what, what money we do have to spend, then maybe we go out and buy some amazing star player rather than having to sort of spread it out on, on lesser players um, Endo is another player that we, we didn't get for a lot of money it's a bit of promise in him I think the, the, the worry always with players like Endo is that you pay a bit less for him you wonder what they're going to be like and then you sort of think well can we rely on them every game but the, the best way for us to see that is when he turns out he's, he's just proving it this um, this kind of brings us a little bit onto the Arsenal game because we've played probably the strongest available side give or take Curtis Jones on, on Saturday played West Ham played a six change team um, brought plays on at half time we need to work out what kind of team we want to play against Arsenal because I don't know I just feel I feel like they're there for the taking I mean the disappointment last weekend was that we played last all weekend and we started the weekend at the top of the table we ended it second but where literally the title is still in our hands um, if we beat Arsenal we go ahead of them and they can't go ahead of us unless we throw more points away for the rest of the season than them so it's in our hands it was disappointing but it's in our hands it's got to be a win hasn't it so are we looking at Curtis Dominic Endo again or do we need to mix it up a bit would we have Trent starting in midfield are we going to stick him at right back do we want Joe there I think this is where Klopp earns his money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, a lot of people would have different different opinions on it. Um, you know, we come away from the ground last night having conversations and we're walking away thinking, you know, like, he's, he's now got a, some real big decisions to make for the weekend because how can you drop this player? How can you drop that player? Does this player come back in or whatever? And, you know, you can probably pencil in seven or eight of our starting lineup at the weekend and then there's a hell of a lot of question marks as to where the other players go and given what we've seen last night there's genuine genuine hard decisions to make I think you know um, you know Alisson is going to come back in, in goal and yeah. you know your centre-halves are going to be Kanate and Van Kuyke because you know they're the most senior centre halves, you know, as we just mentioned about Kwanzaa. You know, if Kwanzaa lined up, would I have any qualms? No. no. Um, and that that's that's the biggest amount of pennies I can give to that kid. Um but he's gonna bring his big two back in. Um, you know, I think we saw last night, you know, the he got swapped around about the fifty five hour mark or something like that, you know, just to keep the, the legs ticking over. Yeah. Um, I would imagine Costas is left back because he also came off you know he had a good run out and another very solid performance and again in reference to what you just mentioned earlier on you know competition for places if if Andy Robertson was available you know the, the now is a genuine conversation I think to be had because Costas has really stepped up in the last few weeks as to yeah. would you put Andy Robertson straight back in or has he got to earn his place I think he should be in 
Um, time will tell on that one. And then I think, you know, the, the coveted right back, inverted right back position, whatever you want to label it as. I think, you know, we, we have to start Gomez because he's been our best performer in a few games over the last few weeks and did himself no harm last night playing right back, played left back. Um, you know, Arsenal have got talent in wide areas and let's just, as we said before, let's let's make it simple and make it straightforward in terms of let's have full-backs doing full-back things and, and not leave ourselves open and exposed. And then that then does raise the big question is, but where does Trent Alexander-Arnold play? Does he start? Well, probably because he's got such on-ball ability, but, but where does he start? Yeah. You know, and we've seen the, the the substitution last night for, for Endo when he went into the, the nominal number six mid, midfield position, but Endo did himself no harm. I think that the likelihood is chance to start. I would prefer him to be in that position. Um over Endo, not not based for anything other than, you know, what what Trent can do on the ball is a lot more um, creative in, in what we can do um, in possession than the one Endo can do with all due respect but I think maybe Endo is naturally a, a bit more defensively solid but maybe in, in a game like this we're going to need athleticism and Trent's speed across the pitch might just be what tips that in his favour yeah I'm, I'm, yeah I'm going I'm to need you're going to need the creativity definitely um, yeah no... and then I think you, you, you can't drop Curtis Jones <laughs> you, you literally can't um, if you do then that's a very hard conversation for you to have and as a boss like again like you know he's had a flat few weeks but maybe you know he's been stunted in source of his position but last night he, he was imperious again he'd come off early so it does you know sort of tip the the suggestion bucket in, in the favour that he's going to start the weekend well, we got to run out and got a goal. Didn't do much else, you know. Scared one into the cop, but yeah, I was thinking you know. that it, it was it. Nunez set him up, and then he went Nunez right off. Shots hit the yeah post with a with a tip. With you know, like had to keep it on. Say that goes in. Um, if that had been the other way around, those two players, there'd have been like back page news about Nunez, wouldn't it? Oh, lambasted for it. Um, and then you know, I think that that there's a genuine. You know, conversation to be had. I'd go with Gapo and, and Nunes left because I don't think Diaz looks on it at the moment. And um, I think listening to last night's Raw this morning, um, you know, the lads on it, Dave and Carl, and the, Dave and Trev, sorry, big guy, were right in saying, you know, Darwin just makes things happen. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't just meander through a game and, and nothing goes on around him. You know, he's even. But he's not scored for a while, but he's involved in goals. He set he set one up last night. He you know, he could have technically had another assist or so but as Sauer not skied it high and wide and yeah. he, he he looks a threat and with all due respect to Lewis Diaz, he doesn't look a threat at the moment. So he, you know, you've got to put your best weapons out there and I would like to see that team. Will will Jürgen put that team out remains to be seen, but I think that that might just be the best we can actually put out. We might be fortunate and Diogo Jota might potentially make the bench, but I think we are we're, we're clutching at straws there. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Um, Maybe ten minutes at the end if we need him. Yeah. And 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 then that, you know, it, it does then it, it gives opportunity, you know, Harvey Ali he's done well last night, but go on there and prove why I should be starting if he comes off the bench and he's done well. 
you know, if Gavin Burke's available off the bench, we'll, we'll go and prove to me why it should be starting you over Curtis Jones next game and Luis Diaz, you know, you, you've been taking up the team if Darwin starts left, will go and show me that you're the best player for the left-hand side and, you know, we, we ain't got too much else in terms of squad availability, but, you know, having options available to us is what we need and unfortunately yeah. we haven't got too many, but with what we've seen last night, there's, there's lads there who are hungry and, and want to stake a claim and, and that's all we can really ask for but we've got to go nominally as strong as we can because this game as you say it's an opportunity to right last weekend's wrongs in terms of the results and yeah. possibly the performance but you know you win this and and you top a Christmas and, and what more could be asked for exactly and you top and no one can catch you at least at that point you know on that weekend or wherever you, you top you stay top um Trial's not good enough because it just opens it up to more people. I think, personally, you know, reading between the lines and all the rest of it, I think the fact Joe played all the game, both both full-back positions, tells me that he's probably not going to start at the weekend, but we'll see. I think I could just see him playing Trent. I'm not saying I agree with that, but I can see him playing Trent at right back. I think, I don't know, I just don't think, he, I don't think he's ready to, to change that just yet, but we'll see. Um, also, I think, Another interesting one with Elliot is maybe not for Saturday, thinking longer term. Um, Mo's going to be going missing for a bit um, after Christmas for the African Nations, isn't he? So um, that berth is going to be available for someone to stake a claim to. At least, um, I mean, I mean, you, you'd probably expect Mo to come back from his African Cup of Nations exploits and straight back into the side where he always is. But, you know, may, maybe there's, there's an opportunity there for someone to... Um, give Klopp another tough decision to make I agree with you about Nunez I mean a, f- a few people have said this as well um, it's not been working just lately for him but as in getting it into the back of the net but what he does is just he's just outstanding I've been a bit frustrated with his offsides of late but he didn't do too badly with that last night um, and just having him on the left it's just another option isn't it and then that does open up that whole competition thing as we're talking about so Luis Diaz um, maybe doesn't get to start on the left frustrated that he can't start on the left gets to come on later on in the game makes a difference um, makes a difference in training all the rest of it again Costas I agree when he signed his new deal we're thinking okay not bad he's good to have as a second choice left back and then he started to play badly when he signed the new deal but he's he's, he's found his feet again um, and there's, it's good to know there's so many players who are finding the feet again but I think you know Klopp will make his decision on the 11 players who start but I think Klopp's kind of also made a decision on the 12th man hasn't he because um, yeah I'm not sure the exact quotes I'll find it in a sec but he's not happy um, with the sound at Anfield now I, I've not seen the thing in, in full context and when I heard it I thought well if he'd have said that after the Man United game watching it from a distance it was he sounded quiet that game um, and it's not just about the singing atmosphere it's not just about the singing people sometimes forget this it's about the shouting it's about the being on the ref's back it's about warning your midfielder there's a man on it's about making the opposition defender panic when you know when they've got the ball coming at them because the noise is so loud that's that's what the atmosphere is the singing's part of it but it's not the be all and end all um, and that's what to me was lacking at times and it has done a, a lot over recent years just that um, that idea that if you're not a Liverpool player everything you do you're going to get lambasted for you're going to be worried about it's going to make you think twice in the wrong way when you are a Liverpool player you're going to get so much support behind you so much positive noise that it spurs you on to do more and we've not had that as much and certainly off the TV I wondered if it was because it was to try and drown out some of the usual disgusting Man United chanting but it was it just seemed so quiet on the TV last night didn't seem quiet 
but um, I think one thing I said when I did Raw after the, the United game was if you do get to go to Anfield um, you know for games like this you've got to bring your gob with you haven't you you've got to bring that with you and if you can't honestly 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 you know maybe it's time to just sort of you know gra- graciously hand your ticket over to somebody else I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, I think the clock comments were, you know, the, the warranted in some respect, but I thought the atmosphere was decent last night from, yeah. from my position. And they always say, you know, I'm skewed because I, I stand towards the back of the cock, which, you know, it, it's the bastion of noise and it's where most of the songs do start but you know my brother sat in the upper Annie Road last night and he said it was lively up there you know it's it's now open you know 7,000 fans the last two games and I think that contributes you know it's it's potentially now bringing you know noise from all four sides of the ground and I think you know what Klopp's comments were you know the noise behind me was was poor but you know let, let's be truthful and honest here you know the people sat behind Klopp in the main stand uh, a journalist so you know the, the the journal and the press section is, is up there you know there's a there's the luxury corporate section where like, you know you see the likes of Kenny Daglisi and Rush and you know and the like and with all due respect to those gentlemen and what they've done for the club I can't see them getting up and screaming and shouting and swinging their scarves around their head and you know they've got every right to stand in and sit there so they can enjoy the hospitality and the football but the tickets as well in that stand are expensive they're the most expensive in the ground and you know let's remember football is a working class team Liverpool is a working class city and for a lot of people you know and I include Emetolians in this you know for, for the sins you know going to Goodison Park going to Anfield on the weekend and, and paying your money your hard earned money because football isn't a cheap game these days you know it's it's an opportunity to to leave your troubles at the turnstile and you go in there and you focus on football for a couple of hours and you might scream your shouts you, you might say some obscene things you know in terms of foul language and you know uh, I, you hear things that you probably wouldn't hear at other other parts of the world and in every walk of life and it, it can be frustration but most of the time you, your actions and your thoughts are purely directed on, on your team and hoping that they can get a positive result at the end of the day and you know, if you are fortunate enough to 
to afford the hospitality and the corporate seats in the in the main stand. I, ca- I can't imagine you you're you're wanting to be there to release tension. You're probably there for the for the entertainment and the hospitality package, and you're not probably going to be standing up and screaming and shouting. And maybe that's what 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 is in Klopp's you know peripheral hearing that behind him can be quite quiet. But from from other sections of the ground, I think it it can be lively and it is lively and. You know, you asked the question earlier on, does it come from the players or the fans? I think, you know, the initial initial starting point is, is the fans because the first song from when the players on the pitch started sung is you'll never walk alone right before kickoff, you know, and yeah. it can be be a bit, a bit of extra spice in that. And, you know, if, if the passion is felt around all sides of the ground, would you never walk alone and straight away... You know, if you've been to any Liverpool game at any time, you know, the cock will burst into voice straight away and, and the songs begin as soon as the team kicks off and and then it goes hand in hand. You know, you want to see it. You want to see a good solid challenge. You want to see an effort on goal nice and early. And then, then it's the, the momentum of the players spared and the fans on, the fans spared and the players on, and, you know, the, the atmosphere builds and it can make players crumble as we've seen in the past. But I think... What Klopp has done is, you know, he, he's fed the he's fed the headlines to to those who may want to mock the Anfield atmosphere, and at times it can be a little bit flat. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here because it can be. But he understands the magnitude of this game on Saturday, and and what's at stake, as we've just said, is is going on top of the table and and putting your nose in front, you know, and it, and then it's highly unlikely. But if you remain perfect for the rest of the season, the title is yours. As you say, you know, it's in your own hands to, to the extent of, you know, if you're ahead and every other result goes your way, it's yours. But this is a big opportunity and last weekend for many felt like a missed opportunity. So he wants every single person, all hands on deck to to give everything he can. Because we've we've seen Arsenal can crumble at Anfield. We've seen Arteta lose a drag at Anfield. Yeah. And he knows just just putting them extra, you know, couple of percentages in our favour could what might be tips in results in our favour. And, you know, it, it might be, to many, it might just seem like, a, you know, he's having a dig at the fans. But I think what he's also doing is he's just also trying to tip the odds in our favour ever so slightly. And, you know, he's a smart man. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I think, you know, he's done it before and said we need the power of our field. And I'm sure everyone who is fortunate enough to be in attendance on Saturday evening will duly oblige and give all they can I think yeah when I mean Klopp's comments actually looking at it was he said I thought in the first half when the boys played really exceptionally I wasn't overly happily overly happy with the atmosphere behind me and you're right I mean there's that whole tier of um, expensive seats which um, I mean quite often during the game there's, there's, there's loads of empty red seats because obviously must be on the fourth course of food coming through for the meals at the back now or whatever um, I was offered a ticket for one game wasn't a major game might have even been a League Cup game for one of these lounges and and it was I was offered it basically below face value and face value was 320 quid um, I, I'm thinking what the hell do you get for the other 360 quid or, uh, sorry the other 260 70 quid or whatever it is I, honestly I mean I can't. I've never had a meal that costs that much. Um, you know, I, I like seeing ex plays talk and things, but you're not going to pay that much for him to, to tell you the quick anecdote. It just seems 
I don't know. But the club know they can get it. That's the thing. Those, those stick, as far as I'm aware, those tickets sell out. I mean, if you if you went on the website now for the Arsenal game and looked for the um, hospitality tickets, I bet there's not a single one available for that game. Um, it's, it's your best way, best hope of getting a ticket if you don't know somebody who can get hold of one for you. Um, but they do sell out at those mad prices. So they're obviously making the money. But you're right. I mean, what I, I mean, I used to go the game years ago. I used to go with my mates. We could go on the cop. We could have. One lad could have a season ticket, one lad could not. One lad could get there late because work or whatever, the others could get there early. And the thing is, it was it was less than three quid to get in, even allowing for inflation. Um, I always say this, it was about the price of about... It was 90p for a pint in the pub, the Albert, and it was £2.70 to get in the cop. So it was like the equivalent of three pints to get into the cop. Um, I mean, what's a, you know, even though no, there's no pints that cost that much now... Um, even with all the inflation and the rest of it, and even with the better ale that you get now than you did then, um, that that then meant though that the, whoever you were, you could get in the cop and stand with each other. You stood with your mates. Um, you're making a din. And another thing as well was I reckon is that I mean I was still young when the cops stopped being relatively young when the cops stopped being all um, stopped being standing ground. Um, I reckon that there comes a point where people get got too old for the cop and like you know more room was made for the next generation but I mean I, I don't know I'd love to know what the average age of, of the fans of the matches now as well and that's not to say older people can't make a ding because they can but you know younger fans definitely have plenty of energy you know younger fans coming with the mates you know no inhibitions whatsoever they make a lot more noise sitting together but instead what happens time and again is that you know there's half a dozen mates they're all in the pub beforehand and then they're all sitting in six different parts of the ground because you just don't get tickets together and it's you know the way of getting tickets is such a pain nowadays you can't pay on the day which is what we used to do um and then the another thing that's changed as well is the cop are definitely noisy you can hear the cops singing but if you're on that upper main stand you can hardly hear the cops singing unless the lads at the front start joining in lads and ladies start joining in because the way the ground is now i mean you can probably see from where you're stood on the cop you can't really see the upper main stand um, I can't see the upper main or the upper any road. Yeah, so and and I'm not at the very back. No, the, I I'm row sixty two, and you know the the middle of the cop goes back to row seventy three, seventy four. I think it is. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm by no means at the back, but yeah, I can. I ever want to see the upper tiers of those stands? I mean, you know, I've got to come down to about row forty ish. To we to even get them in, in you know into our eyeliner, you know, and it's like lorry drivers with those signs. If you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. Well, if 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 I can't see you, I can't hear you either. Almost, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I suppose it's the you know the construction of the stadium, and and there's not much more we can probably do. No. Um, you know, like you know, there's these stadiums like bowls, which you know acoustically are designed for the sound to 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 bellow and echo around, and yes, they they might. You know, enhance the 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 vocality of the people, and you know, make sure it's more acoustically appealing. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's something that you know they, they change the angle of the cop roof or something like that. I don't know. That maybe opens it up a little bit more. And well, I was, I was you know, really, what, what if what if they bring the lads from the back to the front? I mean, it's it's going to upset people because they like being at the back and all the rest of it. But make make it say standing as much as you can from the front. Of the of the cop stand, and persuade the noisy lot from the from the back to be more towards the front because 
I mean, if you look at those old videos of the cop, like in the 60s when they were singing Beatles songs and things like that, everyone at the front was singing as well. Um, and I don't know, if you've been at the front of the cop, it's like, I mean, they're, yeah, because they're the ones that get told to sit down first as well, aren't they, and all the rest of it, and that yeah. kills the atmosphere a bit. You know, make it safe standing, make it at the front and bring the noise to the front as well. And then everyone on the ground can hear it. I think it's it's one of these conversations which that you know you could put you know twenty five people around the table and there'd be twenty eight different views and not ever one answer is fully correct, not ever one answer is fully incorrect. Um, you know, but it, it is a it is an issue, and you know, I, and while we were just speaking, and I had a little look, there is hospitality tickets available for the weekend. All right, uh, if if you if you've got five hundred and ninety four pounds to spare. <laughs> You, you can get yourself uh, in one of the lounges and you'll be, you'll be situated in M3, which, you know, isn't actually a motorway. It's actually the middle section of the, of the main stand, which is, you know, to the left of the dugouts um, towards where the Anfield Road is. Or however, if you if you want to treat yourself and you want to sit behind the dugouts in M6 um, and enjoy your hospitality lounge, you can you can chill out 960 quid. Um, you know, and... Tickets available in the main stand on the whole are usually around sixty quid, so over nine hundred quid. Um, you know, you might want kind of things to save your dinner for you. Um, yeah, and you don't make noise. You pay, you're expecting someone to make your noise for you when you're paying that much, aren't you? Oh, of course, and that obviously goes with the the standard of like a, a clove and a tire to go with it. You know, you're not allowed to to turn up when you scruff. You've got to be well presented, and I think you're allowed it. You're allowed to wear your scarf. Um, you know, there might be some clauses where you can wear a match day shirt or whatever. And um, probably has to be bought from the club shop and fit into an A3 clear plastic bag. Um, but there are other topics of discussion. But yeah, I think bringing it back, the, the atmosphere, you know, people call it a myth, but, you know, there is something special about Anfield when it's lively and when all four sides of Anfield are open, you know, making it hostile and intimidating and, and that's what we need to do you know we need to power what we've got and also having those extra 7,000 in I do want to get myself down the Anfield goal it'll probably be next season now and um, that I actually get a, or, or possibly actually in the European games I think my ticket's situated in the upper Anfield road so it'd be nice to experience that um, but you know it's got to be as you say twofold the, the team have got to inspire the people in the in the stands as well as you know the lads in the stands and the ladies in the stand making noise for for inspiration for the team and yeah we, we've seen what it can do to Arsenal we can see what it can do to Arteta I think that's what I hope anyway that's what Klopp's sort of playing you know the old saying in my names it used to be you know you you get one nil up before you even got on the pitch by by putting seeds in, in other people's minds and I hope that's what we're doing anyway yeah, um, and Bill Shankly was probably the person who kicked all that mind game stuff off. So, you know, Alex Ferguson just adapted it and stole a bit of credit, I reckon. But I'm paying so much. What do you think? Um, I mean, one reason to make a noise as well, just briefly on it um, refereeing appointments, as always, great choices for us over the festive period. Um, is it Chris Kavanagh for Arsenal, the Arsenal game? Um, Craig Parsons, yeah. fourth official, Coots on VAR. Um, and then. And who was it again for the Burnley game? My mate from down the road, who's definitely not a Man United uh, anti-scouts kind of person because he doesn't support because he lives in Wigan. Yeah, I think isn't it? 
Christmas Day uh, Boxing Day fixtures. Um, they try and ensure that teams don't have to travel too far. Um, hence why we've only got Burnley away. Obviously, the, the geography of teams in the league changes year on year, but they try and keep it as low-cal within reason. Um, so, so why not keep the ref low-cal within reason and us travelling to central Lancashire means probably best place to get a referee from Greater Manchester, aren't we, um, Mr Turney? So, yeah, yeah he, he might make it home, you know, for the for the Baileys and you know a couple of late nights boxing night TV editions, but it does feel as though you know we're getting the same referees in rotation um, on a very regular basis. You know, and our good old friend Mr. Simon Hooper's on VAR, and um, whether he'll be awake or whether he might have had a couple of too many eggnogs, um, will remain to be seen. Um, just just on that last night, it was so refreshing as well to see Salah's goal and there was no VAR, so. Mm. Quick glance, lines and slides down. You can go full metal celebration. Yeah, um, you know that. Just, just taking that seed of doubt away. You know, yes, there was situations that happened in the Carabao Cup this week where VAR would have intervened and maybe led to red cards or whatever. But it was so refreshing to enjoy a goal and celebrate it without the the VAR check will be taking place other than the impending four minutes of. You know, people trying to draw lines that aren't even straight. But yeah. that that that's just basically, you know, if, if we are going to have to enjoy Boxing Day at Burnley, then we might as well throw in Paul Terry and for, for good measure. And I'm sure he won't be coming with his festive festive hat on. He'd be coming well and truly with a Scrooge hat on. I wouldn't be surprised if he's um, if we spot him actually with his festive hat. I'm trying to summer lift off the Liverpool coach at Adock Island or something on the M6. But we'll see. Um, well, if he's got a hat, at least he might well not look as bad as David Moyes last night, who looked like something out of Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he always has done, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> and we didn't have time to talk about this. I mean, it's, it just, we'll just mention it, and I think we'll definitely be talking about it later. Is at some point is the European Super League has all come back into the headlines again because the European Court of Justice says it's wrong for FIFA and UEFA to basically ban anyone else from 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 coming along and running running sport and I think I think that's a fair a fair thing to be honest I think without going on about it too long I think FIFA and UEFA and the FA shouldn't be money making outfits they should be regulatory bodies that that don't make money that you know maybe take money in and, and distribute money out to um in good ways but they shouldn't be getting you know it shouldn't be full of people who are getting rich off the back of um doing doing funny handshakes to get tournaments held in certain places or wherever um and straight away, the Premier League has sort of, um, well, the, the Premier League notes today's judgment and continues to reject any such concept. But the truth is, when Super League was kicked off, the whole thing came out. Everyone was up in arms about it for various reasons. Um, but the UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, the FA, that lot were clearly up in arms about it because it was going to take their power away and take away their, their way to make money. What have they done in, in between that, that, that day when we first heard about Super League and today, when we hear this judgment? What have they done? to make it better for fans what have they done to make the game more accessible to people who, who are sort of from the working class backgrounds and so on they've done nothing so they can shut up you know? yeah so I'm sure we can get on to that more next time we're on but um, you know I, I just hope this time the press don't just get on this great big bandwagon and sticking up for the likes of FIFA UEFA and the broadcasters who are paying a load of money so that we can spend a load of money so they can make a load of money um, but well got a lot of stuff wrong with it but you know there's a lot of stuff we can get right as well so I hope we can but anyway that's it we should probably leave it there for this week um, 
not sure when we'll be back. We'll see what we can fit in. If we can't fit anything in over Christmas, um, we'll do our best. But we'll definitely not be fitting anything in before Christmas. So, so from me and Jay, thanks as always for listening. And have a Merry Christmas, which hopefully um, when you wake up on Christmas morning, you'll be thinking back to three points and Liverpool top of the league. Well, that's it for us for now. So see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.